Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Cash That. This is your host, Joe Delera, and we've got a special guest today. It's about that time of the, of the NBA season now where we finally can claw him from the <laughs> trenches of the NFL. And I've got Brandon Anderson of the Action Network over here. Brandon, how you doing? I'm good. The, the word trenches gave me some flashbacks because I was I was all in on the, the game will be won in the trenches angle. And then it went great for me for they had had me in the first half yeah. on the Super Bowl night. So yeah, hey. I got a lot of half bets on the Super Bowl. I was on Philadelphia halftime, full time, got halfway there. I was yeah, on I mean, Kelsey's to both score a touchdown. I got Travis, no Jason. I mean, <laughs> got a lot of halves. Yeah, yeah, so, it was, so they're basically equal. I got the, I got one and got the other. You know, they were they're equally difficult to come by. So yeah, it's like you the know. transitive property or whatever, right? So. Yeah, exactly. All <laughs> Kelsey's co scored easily. So yeah, I'm, I, uh, I'm, I finally over the last week or so caught up on like six weeks of Zach Lowe and like all the other podcasts. You know, like. I, I uh, dove into all the numbers and got, I was like, oh, hey, look, the Kings. Who knew? Who knew the Kings were good this You're year? You're basically a casual at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, not not quite, but uh, I'm a little further out than I had been in, in other years, just from uh, while I was home over the holidays, too, and everything. But I feel like I'm pretty well caught up now. And this is about the time to, like, in a way, I, I think it's like I yeah, I kind of represent the casuals because like the all star break and trade deadline is kind of when yeah. the attention starts to come back. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to do all star and I'm excited to complain about how terrible Saturday night is that I'll be watching every second of like it's the best day of my life. And oh, you know, yeah, 100 percent. Like we're going to watch Mac McClung at the dunk contest and just be like <laughs> thrilled even though it's some of the worst things like like the dunk contest is just sh so shot at this point. But um, I know one of the things I wanted to talk to you about and pick your brain on is like, I think last year we did like an all-star draft. Um, I think it'd be kind of fun. Like, I know we don't need to go into it too much. Like we know that there are like certain guys that are like, obviously, you know, like these guys are obvious all-stars like LeBron, Giannis, Luca, um, you know, Durant, obviously. And then like Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid, like as much as we, both like rip on Philly, like is insane <laughs> that he's not, he's, that he was not a starter. Um, so yeah, no, I just... agree. Like I, so I, I basically went through kind of like prepping for this and just getting back in the flow of things. And then basically just like ranked the guys on each conference and Joel Embiid is the best player in the East conference so far. He just yeah. is. Yeah. I, I don't like him. I don't want to root for him. I don't particularly enjoy watching him all the time, but he is the best player in the East. I don't know that I think he's a serious real MVP contender. Like I think Jokic is further ahead than the number would indicate. Yeah. But for MVP, like he should be starting. And uh, to me, Jason Tatum is clearly like there was, there was the four he's, there was tier below. Yeah. yeah. He's a tier below. It's, it's Embiid, Giannis Durant. And then to me, it's, it, it's not only is Tatum not in that three, I actually have Tatum slightly below Jimmy Butler. Like it doesn't matter because they just both are on my team. Yeah. But like to that's where he would be in terms of where starters go. And I feel like and we do this every year. We do the all-star trap where it's like, okay, well, the, they're the number one seed. So let's put them on the starters and let's put several guys on their team in. And like that's usually where we end up making some of the mistakes. But yeah, yeah. Otherwise, so. the starters obviously pretty easy starter picks. I, yeah. I can't remember is uh, is our guy Halliburton a starter? No, he he could have been, probably should have been. Maybe if he didn't get hurt, maybe he ends up being a starter. Yeah. But um, the lineup was he Kyrie Irving got voted in as a starter, um, oh, right. and Donovan Mitchell in the East. So it's a little bit interesting because I don't know how that works now. I guess because it's a draft, it's less. Yeah, I guess it doesn't matter. Less, but um, the West is going to be, I think, a little bit overrepresented in the way that this is working out because like Durant. It's trade granted he's not playing, but Durant is traded to the Suns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Irving is traded to the Mavs. So it's like you have there's nobody that went from the West to the East in the way that this kind of trade, like the trades worked out. So it does mm. feel like there are, are a couple snubs, like Halliburton, well deserving. Um, but you know, it's kind of surprising. I guess in the East, you know, who do you think your biggest snub was? Because like mine, I think Brunson should have been in. But I think that you could make the argument for some of the other point guards too. 
Yeah, so Halliburton would have been my top guard pick. So I think just him not being a starter kind of counts as a mini yeah. snub to me. But like at the end of the day, we'll see the draft and everything. But other than that, it's like, okay, you're an all-star. It doesn't really matter whether you start or not. But to me, the one name that really stands out, uh, I, I have three guys on my all-stars that didn't make the team. Um, but the one guy is just James Harden. I think I, I can't believe James Harden is not an all-star. And look, it's kind of the Embiid thing. Like, I don't love James Harden anymore. I don't enjoy watching his style of game. And he's not what he used to be. So then I think it's like, oh, well, James Harden's kind of trash now, right? Ha ha. See how fat he is and he's doesn't blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, he's not what he once was. Neither is LeBron. And LeBron is an all-star starter. He's like, number one vote getter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Harden's at 21 and 11 on like uh near 50 40 90 shooting like he's only out by a few shots in each he's still a super efficient like the his free throws are down as two point percentage like clearly that's some of the aging stuff that's getting there but yeah. he also has significantly cut turnovers like he's like a full turnover per game down this year and right now at least his three point percentage is i think a career best the last i saw yeah, he's like he's awesome yeah and so, and like his usage is a little down, like, well, that all makes sense. Like, yeah, if your usage is down, you're probably not going to get to as many uh, buckets, as many free throws and whatever, but then you probably will be more efficient and take better shots. Your three 100%. points go up, got your turnover is like, I, I think in a lot of ways, James Harden's numbers this year reflect the thing that all of us in the media have been begging him to do for like eight years. And now he finally did. And we're like, yeah, you're not an all-star anymore, which yeah. is kind it's of like ridiculous. your scoring's down a little bit or like whatever. And it's just right. like, what he's doing is it's incredible. And I mean, he's top three percentile in EPM top five percentage in estimated win shares. Like he's been incredible on the season and like his, EPM is like higher than Kyrie Irving. It's higher than uh, Donovan Mitchell. It's higher than like Anthony Davis. Like it's been incredible for what he's been able to do with the Sixers team. I mean, granted, like it's a little, I don't, I don't want to say it's skewed because like he's playing with another guy like Embiid, but I do think that those things kind of like feed off of each other. Like you're playing on a better team, yeah. you're playing a better offense, like whatever. But um, Harden, I think absolutely should be on, on this all-star roster. And I think, one of the things that people get criticized about too um, when they're doing this, like, Oh, like so-and-so's got snubbed. And then like, you know, you hear like the guys on TNT, they're like, well, like replace him. Like, who would you replace him? I'm like, I would replace James Harden with a lot of players on this roster. Yeah. Like I would, I think he belongs in there probably over Jalen Brown, DeMar, definitely DeMar DeRozan. I think that they could have like, like Bam, I think could arguably like not be in there. Um, and even like Randall, I think, I think Randall should have been flip-flop with Brunson. Like if you're going to take somebody from the Knicks, like I think Brunson was the much more deserving player. And then like, I like what Siakam has been doing, but I also think that a lot of those numbers, especially like guys on the Raptors or, and also the Knicks to a certain extent, their numbers are a little bit skewed because they play so many minutes. And like, I don't know like what kind of numbers Siakam has, like he's playing you know, instead of like 40 minutes a game, he's playing 33. And then maybe you look at it and you're like, oh, like this is Alper and Sangoon. <laughs> so like, <laughs> like, who knows? Yeah. So, uh, so but what do you think? Uh, yeah, I I, uh, I had nine locks and then a 10th guy that basically became a lock. And then I had four guys for my last two spots. So I'll get to those four for two. My 10th guy was Julius Randall. And I actually had Jalen Brunson not 10th, not in that next four, but he's my top guy after that. So what is yeah. that? He's, he's about, yeah, he's like just off of my snubs list. You're the Knicks fan though. The, the advanced metrics, the numbers, that kind of stuff to me points to Randall. So make the case why Brunson instead of Randall, if you only get one. So I think a lot of it has to do with the way that the Knicks have played in crunch time and it's, and Brunson is like significantly better. Like when you watch the Knicks, like in the fourth quarter, it is not the Julius Randall show. It is the Jalen Brunson show. And he like takes yeah. the game over. So like, that's why I lean Brunson just from like an eye test. Um, and I know that that's kind of like a, you know, like that's not usually the best for this type of, thing but like when i'm watching the knicks too like the big thing with randall is randall wasn't good last year and they didn't have a point guard 
you get a point guard again and then all of a sudden he's good again so it's like yeah. and then the year b- before though when like derrick rose was healthy like all year he's a little bit younger randall played great in that you know in that like all-star season whatever like you know he played really well like people were like talking about him as like a fringe like fringe mvp vote getter basically but it's like i mean that was ridiculous <laughs> it was ridiculous but still like it, a lot of it had to do with the fact that he's playing with a real point guard. And that's why I think that Randall's bump up this year is, I think it's directly attributable to having a guy like Jalen Brunson bringing the ball up the court every time, facilitating the offense, yeah. running the offense. And that's why, like, even though the advanced metrics might point, and like the counting stats too, to a certain degree, like point to Randall, I, that's where I, why I go Brunson. And I'm like, this team is not... Mm-hmm good without Brunson like they needed him bad and he's been well worth the money yeah I think that makes sense and I think too like Julius Randle doesn't feel like an all-star like yeah. but you're saying like like the eye test that, that's just like you know an all-star when you see one like yeah I don't need to see Julius Randle in the all-star game I just no. don't need that but to that end also I don't really need to see Jalen Brunson in the all-star game like like, Fair. I don't need to see a no turnovers and like, I don't know, it's nice to have some good passers and like facilitate in the game, yeah. but I don't know. So my, okay. So the guys that I'd take off, I thought Bam is a terrible pick. I don't understand why he's on the team. I love Bam out of bio, but he is easily last out of any of the guys around here. He was like, not on the, my snubs list or my snub snubs list. Like he's no. down there. The heat don't need a second player. The Heat's defense, which is the whole Bam Adebayo argument, hasn't really been that outstanding. No. So I, I don't get that one at all. DeMar, yeah. you know the brand. I can't put DeMar in the all-star team. Never, never in my life will I put DeMar on the team. He was a starter last year, and I left him off my team entirely when we did this. So yeah, he's I mean, out. And then I, I had, I, I mean, it's surprising, I guess, but I had Jalen Brown, like, not even really in my discussion. Like, yeah. I have him with DeMar and Bam. The numbers... The advanced metrics, depending which one you look at, like EPM, I think is a little stronger than BPM and otherwise. But I mean, the points are there, obviously, and he's doing well. He's got a broken face now, so it's irrelevant either way. But I don't know. Like, I I feel like that's one of those where it's like, oh, it's the Celtics and big media, and then they're the number one team. So they got to have their second yeah. star there. And like, I don't know. I think that's a team profile more than a second star profile. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think, like, honestly, it's like even when you look at, what these guys are doing from like an advanced metrics perspective it's like Miami number one Miami's like not that good like you kind of mentioned and then there's other guys too with like more star power even like you could have had Trey Young in there you could have had um Garland in there like you could have had like some of these other guys like even Brad Beal in the games he's played he's got a higher EPM than Bam like there are certain guys that you could look at and say like oh like or, you know, maybe like a Jared Allen or like a Mobley, like it's just somebody else. Like, it just seems like they defaulted to Bam. Like, that's almost how it felt. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. like he's he's great, you know, and it's like, yeah, like he's he's really good. And, he, you know, he he has like a he's obviously has a ton of value to Miami yeah. Heat, and like he would benefit like boost a lot of teams. But I think it's getting tough now with the way that like the East and the West goes where it's like, well, like the West had like three scratches and then two guys get traded to the Western Conference. And it's like, you're looking at this, you're like, who the heck's on this team from the East? So um, I know like one of the guys that we had mentioned before um, in terms of like who uh, who players were better than, right? So it's like in the West, you're losing, like Zion gets voted in or he's not going to play. Um, yeah. And then you have amongst some other players, like who did you think in the West should have been a starter because I think we're going to have some open yeah. slots there, right? Wait, now. I got I to go back for one second, oh, quick, yeah. because when you're just saying off names and you said like Garland could be on there, I didn't even realize Darius Garland was not an all star. I like, I missed that on the list. Yeah. He, he was easily in my like nine locks for the team. Like, I can't believe he's not on the team. You know what I'm so, saying? like, <laughs> yeah, like I, I have Garland and, and Harden basically. Like, they were in my, my, my four guards for the East was Halliburton and then Donovan Mitchell, Harden, and Garland. Those were the four choices. Yeah. So my, I, I mentioned before, my last four for two spots was Kyrie, Trey, Kristaps Porzingis, and Siakam. Yeah. I ended yeah. up going with 
Trey, who I think is just as good as Kyrie, and he is not Kyrie. So I gave Kyrie the whatever is the opposite of benefit of the doubt yeah. and decided he's not an all-star this year. Sorry about it. Yeah, and I like, took Porzingis. I think Porzingis had a really nice season. So no, he's been very good versus Siakam. Yeah. Um. Okay. So so West West starters. So we I, have Luca, LeBron. It looks like they've plugged in Laurie as yeah. a starter. Uh, Jaws a starter got plugged in, and Jokic got plugged in. Um, do you? Yeah, I mean, I don't do have too much of a problem. There? Yeah. I don't have too much of a problem with that. Like Lowry Markinen's not an all-star starter. That's ridiculous. And yeah. if there was a thing that we paid attention to, we would look back at that in like 10 years and be like, what are we doing? But whatever. The game is in Utah. Let Lowry start the game. Like everyone else is hurt. Yeah. I I mean, you have to start. Well, okay, put it this way. You have to start one of the guys on the team, and it was either him or Sabonis. And I don't think Sabonis has a significantly stronger case than Lowry. No, the guy that should be starting, though he's not available to play. Well, maybe he is available. You never know from minute to minute. But the the egregious snub that should be starting over Lowry or Sabonis is Anthony Davis. And why is Anthony Davis Same. not on the All Star team? I don't know how he's not even on the roster. Like that's the thing that's crazy to me is like he's just not on the roster. Which, like, when you look at this, I don't know how. Like, I think Fox has had a good season. Like Sabonis had a good season. I like Sabonis a lot. Like I had Sabonis as an All Star lock, but like yeah, I too. don't know how Anthony Davis isn't at least like named to the team. I know. Yeah, I mean the the comparison is Jaron Jackson because, yeah. and I like Jaron Jackson, and we we got our Jaron Jackson DPOI tickets. So yeah, keep on playing, guy. Yeah, but. <laughs> Like the the whole thing with Anthony Davis is like, oh, well, he's hurt. He hasn't played enough minutes. And that's true. And that is always true. And I will never not say that about Davis, but he literally has played as many minutes as Jaron Jackson. It's just that his came early and now we Mm -hmm. all forgot about it because it's what we do. And now Jaron's playing. It's like, which minutes would you rather had so far this season? Jaron Jackson's or Anthony Davis? I think we all know the answer to that. Like, you're you're the LeBron stand here. Am I off? Like looking at the numbers, I think Anthony Davis has been the better Laker this season than LeBron. Is that crazy? I think it's just kind of one of those things like, yeah, but then like <laughs> when he was out, LeBron just went crazy. Yeah, okay, that's fair. So like I think it's just like LeBron kind of showed he still got that. Like to and I granted, like he was chasing the record too, but I think that LeBron has that like extra gear that like where Davis, I feel like doesn't always have it. Like, it's just like, he's either making the jump shot or he's not making the jump shot. And that's what makes you think that he's like all world. Yeah. I think like, that's really well, what it is. And we call it, we call that heart. He's liking yeah. heart. That's what, that's yeah. what you're saying. I'll, 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 I'll put the words in your mouth. <laughs> yeah. You Anthony Davis has no heart. Show up and play every night, my guy, then we'll put you in the all-star game. <laughs> I know. And like, it's just, it's funny too, because uh, like ESPN had a graphic the other day and it was like, when the Lakers won, uh, I forget who they beat, but it was like Anthony Davis does it all. And he had like 13 points and like four, 16 <laughs> rebounds. And they were like, you know, like, like Walker Kessler does that. Like you don't, like, you don't have this graphic for him. So it was just, yeah, we're just know. happy that, that Anthony Davis played a game and didn't exit injured. But yeah, I mean, like yeah. we got all the slander and he, he should be clearly an all-star and I think he could pretty easily, he could, could have been a starter anyway. And certainly now with the guys injured, I think he should have been a starter. The yeah. rest of the guys, like, I want to start a jaw over some of the other guard choices. Like, I, I want to put Dame over him or Shea over him. Yeah. But well, fine. It's an all-star game. Jaw can start. A, Nobody really cares. They're all going to be there. Yeah. it's a, And it's a little weird because the way, like, since it's this draft, right? Like, there's really, it's, it's bizarre because of the way, like, the fill-ins have kind of worked. So I'm curious to see like how that how that ends up because the the West has technically like four forwards, um, depending on how you want to categorize Luca. Uh, because like I don't like he's a point guard, like sure, but like he's also not a point guard. <laughs> like so I think that that was definitely interesting. Um, I think Anthony Edwards wound up deserving to get on there, but it did just feel a little short in terms of like how many players are getting the opportunity to be on the all-star team. And I get that, like, <laughs> there's only so many roster spots, right? And like guys have to play, but in at a time where they're trying to expand the league and like get like more people in there, 
I don't see why it would hurt the brand to make it like 15 spots per like per yeah. team. I mean, I agree with that to an extent, except what's happening now the last few years. And again, this year is like guys, guys are load managing enough and getting hurt enough or quote unquote hurt enough yeah. that like we kind of get 15 anyway. Yeah. Like I, I love Ant. I loved Aaron Fox. Those were not all stars to me. Like those are, I no. do my article every year on the second team all-stars. Those are like perfect second team all-star guys. That's they weren't fair. snubs. I don't like, I'm happy to watch them. I want to watch Anton Fox at the all-star game. That's going to be a lot of fun, but like yeah, I, to, to get it, it's like, we, what are we talking about? Are we talking about who are we going to watch and enjoy for all-star weekend? Great. Send the fun guys. If we're yeah. talking about who gets a little star by their name and then counts toward their like basketball reference bio, like <laughs> I, I, Fox and Ant shouldn't have that credited to them as like, you were a top 24 player for this year. So I think from that perspective, we already kind of are expanding to 15 because we're getting some of these guys in. Yeah. I I was surprised. So I, I had a pretty clear 10 locks in the West before the injured guys. And I had a, my last three was Zion, who's, who was voted as a starter, which that's fine. It's the All-Star game. That I want fine, Zion yeah. there. He ain't going to be there, but I would have I had him. And then my other two for my last spot was Kawhi Leonard and Devin Booker. Fair. I'm kind of surprised. Like how, we don't have either one of these guys. I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how Paul George got in over Kawhi. Honestly, I don't get it. Like, that seemed weird to me. And then I don't know how Booker's not in there. Like I get that he missed a huge, huge chunk of time, but when he's on the floor, like he's awesome. Like he's a fun watch. Yeah. Like he's a superstar or like close to superstar level. Yeah, when you you want yeah. your faces of the league at the All Star game. Like, look, we're going to talk about the Suns when we get there. They just traded for Kevin Durant. They are the West favorites. The Phoenix Suns don't have anyone at the All-Star yeah, game. Yeah, nobody's like, playing. What, how yeah. did we let this happen? Well, yeah, I, I guess technically speaking, Durant is on the All-Star team. He's just not going to be there. But, I mean, I, I have been as much of a Booker hater as there is, but I still yeah. think, like, he probably should have been there as the All-Star. And so, Kawhi, too. like, if you get someone like Kawhi, that's like an all-time player. It's just like, you know what? If it's close, benefit of the doubt. Like, put him in. Like, it's fine. I guess he can just have the week off. He probably needs it. But I, I would have happily chosen him. The one guy, too, that I didn't really, he didn't quite count as a snub. I had, like, Paul George, Jaron Jackson, a handful of guys next. Is I thought that there are a lot of complaints about, well, the Nuggets. The Nuggets should have had a second all-star. Yeah. And I think that the, the people got the guy wrong. Like everyone wants to do the Aaron Gordon thing. I think quietly Jamal Murray is kind awesome. of becoming like he could be the guy that when we look back at the end of the year, we're like, oh my gosh, how was Jamal Murray not an all-star? The yeah, Nuggets had the best record cooking. in the NBA and like last 15 games, Jamal Murray, 24 and a half points, five uh, rebounds, six assists, 50, 45, 90 shooting. 5.0 BPM in that stretch. The Nuggets are 13 and two when he plays and they've missed some games along the way without him. But that's the point. Like Jamal Murray has become the all-star like on, on buckets at yeah. Action Network. We talked about like, well, you know, what about will the Mavs close on the Nuggets because they just added Kyrie Irving? I'm like, well, the Nuggets sort of look like they just added their version of Kyrie Irving, who's finally healthy and playing at that level, like five BPM is is an all nba level it's not an mvp level but it is it is like semi all-star or starting all-star type player like jamal murray is awesome right now and if he's back like the bubble version that we had and you add that to Jokic and everything else like aaron gordon you're a terrific role player and we'd be happy to have you back at the all-star weekend to dunk yeah, on some people yeah. <laughs> but like jamal murray would be actually i think the the bigger nugget snub no, I think that that's a fair point to to bring up. And I think it can kind of, unless you have any other all-star thoughts, um, it can lead us into another kind of part of the conversation. And that's, I think that with the trade deadline, and there's a lot of like talk, it's like, oh, like these teams did this, these teams did this, like this team's contending, like how you alluded to the Mavericks, like, oh, well, like they got Kyrie Irving, you know, like this team is contending now. I think that it says a lot about the Nuggets that they just basically didn't make a move. They're just like, we're good. Like, we know we're good. 
this is our team. And like, we're very comfortable with this. You guys are all making moves to catch us. Um, is that kind of the way you kind of, you read the trade deadline? Yeah. I mean, we're on the same page on this one. We had to file an article the, the afternoon of the deadline that was like, okay, who, who do you want to bet on right now at action network? And I filed mine first and you and Matt Moore were both like, Oh, well, I was going to write about the nuggets also. Like we all were on the same page of like, yeah, we, we want to back the nuggets. And I mean, a little Thomas Bryan slander. That was the guy they did trade <laughs> for a fun. real human being to come in and play some minutes. <laughs> and like, He's at least not Dan Jordan, so I guess that, like it's not nothing. The the yeah, non minutes are never great. So if no. Thomas Bryant can play like ten useful minutes in a playoff game, then that actually is a serious answer for them. But yeah, I, I thought before the deadline, I thought Denver was a very clear one alone in the in yeah. the West, and I think now I think they're at least one A. Yeah, And I don't know if they are a tier alone anymore. I think that you have to at least respect the Suns' potential enough to put yeah. them into that mix. But the Suns are now being priced as the favorite in the West. Like, the Suns are number one. The Nuggets are two or 2A or below. It's, yeah. I just I think that's wrong. And I think it's, it's our window to buy in on the Nuggets right now where we shouldn't be getting this window this late. Like, we yeah. last year, the Celtics around this time late january february really took off and it took everyone a little while to buy in i think the nuggets have potential to be that right now like the defense is going up murray is taking that leap and yoke is just just the best player on the planet and has been for two years in a row and is playoff tested like yeah. it's not like we're worried willie flop Jokic always shows up in the playoffs so I think the Nuggets are the are the clear team to beat in the West for me. Yeah, I'm I'm 100 there with you, uh, and we can get into the Suns in a minute. But I think that what Denver has done over the course of the entire season, they're fourth in adjusted net rating, and like we know that the defense has kind of been improving as the season's gone on. Like they're still 15th in adjusted defense, and I think that that's getting pulled down still by that like early, those early season numbers where they were trying to figure out like. How does this work with this? Like who can play with this guy? Like what rotations are we really going to use? So, and they're kind of like, maybe they're going to get a couple guys in the buyout market and not that those buyout guys should take you to the next level. But I do think that like maybe getting a guy that's a veteran, even for locker room purposes or to have somebody like coming in that understands or can learn the scheme like yeah. rapidly and play like literally five minutes, because that's like what you were saying about in the playoffs. Like when, Jokic wasn't on the floor. They were getting smoked. Like he'd have a plus 25 rating and they'd be losing the game. And yeah. like, he'd only have not played three minutes. It, 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 I've never seen anything like it. So just to get a couple guys to stem the tide, yeah. I think is, is critical. So I, I, I do, I did like the Thomas Bryant move. I thought that it was something that yeah. they needed to do. And it was didn't really cost them a lot. Um, well, I don't know if it's official yet, but I think it looked like Reggie Jackson is heading there too. Like, so you basically, yeah swapping out bones for reggie jackson which like that's i, I love bones but obviously that had gone sour for them and yeah. like reggie jackson as a like reggie jackson fitting on that team as the backup minutes to jamal murray to kind of come around screens do the dribble handoffs like he's a very similar style of player and we saw a couple of years ago when he gets hot in the playoffs for a long stretch like he can be an incredibly valuable player so like he's a dude that, that can win you a quarter in a playoff game or a series yeah. like that, that he's, he's the replacement for what bones is. And that they just felt like bones wasn't ready to be that in Jackson, hopefully. Is. So I think he's a real difference maker for them come playoff time too. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So uh, with that, now I want to pivot to a little bit of a conversation about like essentially the biggest trade deadline news and that's that Kevin Durant was moved to the Phoenix Suns for Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, and a litany of first-round draft picks. Like, we've talked about this. It's crazy because it's still less than Rudy Gobert. But, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> you're welcome. But, uh, you know, so there's that. But do you think that this type of trade – really catapulted Phoenix because I know you were saying you don't feel that way because of the how strongly we both feel about the Nuggets but what do you think this does for Phoenix obviously it's Kevin Durant he can make a shot from anywhere on the floor 
but it to me like i think it takes away a lot of what they were doing which was that like continuity yeah. the defense bridges literally being available every game and even more games than he could normally play in a year so like it's <laughs> it's like what what are your thoughts on phoenix right now yeah it was a weird trade because like obviously i mean i'm i'm wearing my kevin durant shirt like obviously if you get <laughs> kevin durant like you feel like you won the deal because he's literally one of the most talented people we've ever seen play basketball yeah but i mean the thing is with phoenix i kind of been out on them like they were a preseason bet i made to, to 13 to 1 to miss the playoffs and it looked really good and then they just kind of cratered for a while and that bet was feeling pretty good but really that's because they have been missing guys for so long and if you look at just the lineup data when they have their guys, the old guys, when they have their real lineup there. And just overall, I was kind of coming around like right before the trade deadline last week because I was kind of getting back up to speed with everything. Yeah. And I was like, okay, the Nuggets are number one with a bullet in the West to me. I don't really believe in some of these other teams. Like I'm not yeah. a big fan of the Kings or of the Grizzlies as far yeah. as being like a big contender. And my take was that I thought it was going to be this grand take. I was like, I kind of feel like the Suns might be second in the West still yeah. before the trade. And they were, and they were like, like they, they were, they were right standing. there, the healthy version once they got healthy. And now like, I just, I don't know if that trajectory changed a lot. Like I think Kevin Durant raises the floor on the team because he's Kevin Durant and there's so much they can do. But I don't know if he really moves the ceiling that much for me. Like we, you know, our, our friend Raheem Palmer and I, we always talk on buckets. Like Raheem always jokes about, well, I think it's a joke. I hope it's a joke. <laughs> how Kevin Durant doesn't have a bag. But like the thing with Durant, as much as I love him, is he makes every team he's on better. He can play on any team at any time. He fits anywhere. That's why he's like maybe our greatest olympic basketball player ever sorry Melo. Yeah. like he's so good <laughs> he makes teams better but i don't know if he really makes teammates better a lot yeah i don't know if he like elevates he makes the offensive rating better because it's him and he's just getting buckets whenever he feels like it but i don't know if he's necessarily like making better shots for others or creating looks or like i don't know what he really does and really this team with CP and Booker didn't really need that anyways. So it just, it, it kind of reeks to me of like, this is the star available. So he's the one that we got, but I'm not really sure it was like, what's, what's the old, the, the Batman quote, like not, not the hero that we wanted, we but yeah. the one we need, whatever, like, whatever it is. like he's, yeah. he's the guy, he was the one that was available. So now we got Kevin Durant. That, yeah. Like it's, I, it's conflicting because I'm kind of there with you. Like I felt in the off season when they were talking about this trade and they were saying like, do you, the conversation was basically, do you do Booker for Durant almost like straight up? And to me, that trade made more sense in terms of raising the sun's ceiling than what they did. Because when you lose, like obviously Bridges is not Kevin Durant, but when you lose a guy that's so versatile that can really defend, let's say one through four, yeah. right? Um, you lose that guy. You know that he was playing every day. His shot was getting better. His scoring was getting better. And he was kind of filling in what that role was supposed to be. I get that like from a timeline perspective, maybe that's part of why you do this, where you're just like, look, like CP3 is not getting any younger. We, we can start to see a decline in him. Like we got to make a run for it right now. And maybe Bridges doesn't fit that time frame. But to me, you they had the seventh best adjusted defensive rating in the league. And a lot of that had to do, I think, with Bridges and how yeah. like that team could play defense between, honestly, like between him and Aiton being like big parts of that defense. I think they're fortunate that they didn't have to give up Aiton in that trade. Um, but I think that they're getting like, they're getting dangerously thin at, especially at the wing and like what the defensive assignments that bridges took. Now it's like, who's doing it now? Like Tory <laughs> Craig, Devin Booker, like Chris Paul, like it's not, that's not getting, that's no, not Booker CP for sure. Like, no, the, so... the answer is Tory Craig, I guess. 
but like Tory Craig is is the definition of a career journeyman. Like, yeah, he's been very good this year. And like all of the Suns role player dudes are all shooting well on threes. Like we talk about the shot profile, everyone except Aiton in the top ten in their rotation was thirty seven percent or higher. Yeah, but will they be in the playoffs when the shot matters a little more? When somebody closes out and like if it's not Tory Craig, then Damian Lee, who by the way couldn't get on the court in the title run last year because he wasn't good enough. He only played if it was like a total blowout, and they're like, "Sure, Damian, go have yeah, a like ball." Hop in like, there. Yeah, and yeah. it's like you, the guy that would be great for that type of role is Jay Crowder. And he was so unhappy that he wanted to leave. So yeah. it's like you, like you lost the guy. You lost the guy that was like your defensive anchor, realistically, at least on the perimeter, um, from a scheme perspective and a point of attack perspective. Like you still have Aiton, which I think is critically important. But th- like I, I think that they're getting da- they're very thin, and I get it's kind of the whole really like well, you can only play five guys, and if the offense is so good, then like whatever. But like. You're going to run into a team like the Nuggets, presumably, who have Im- steadily improved defensively as the season has gone on, and you're not stopping them. There's just no way that 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 Phoenix team can stop the Nuggets' offense, in my opinion. It's th- I just don't yeah. think that there there's not a coaching way to do that either. Like it's just we're going to have to try to outscore them, um, which I think is tough when your team shoots twos. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm going to say. It's like, I don't know that we can just presume the offense is so good. Like, they're just going to blow teams away. Like, I don't see this offense being better than the Nuggets offense. The Nuggets offense is right now one of the all-time greats by how the rating goes. And that's what Jokic does for them. Like, we took a team that already had a more regular season-ish profile offense that already was danger of three-point variance to some of the teams like we saw last year. Exactly. Teams will start bombing away, and then they're going to miss and look ugly some nights. And then some nights, it's game seven against the Mavs, and suddenly you're behind like 50-5, to five and the season is over because the shots all went in, and you're just out here shooting mid-range jumpers. And like, yeah, Durant going to get his now. Like, he yeah. – like. People, think- when when Durant and Steph were together, I forget who made the analogy, but it's like one of the best ways to distinguish them is like Durant is just going to score eight points every quarter, every quarter of his life, like clockwork until he dies. Like, yeah, he just slowly puts up efficient points. Curry can score 25 in like four minutes and just end you in an instant. Yeah. Durant doesn't, yeah. Durant doesn't really do that. And like Booker and CP don't really do that. And there's not going to be a huge barrage of threes. There's just going to be these like more efficient than usual twos, but they're still not threes. They're not getting to the line on this team very much. And Durant's not going to really change that a whole lot. So you have an offense that's really good, but I don't know that it's great. And certainly I don't know that I'd say it's elite or better than like your title team. You want to be compared to the best in the league. I don't know that it holds up that way. And then obviously the the defense, all the stuff you said is exactly right. They have nothing on the wing there. Yeah. And I think too, we saw Chris Paul showing his age and getting attacked one-on-one. You're not going to do that a whole lot in a regular season, but in a playoff series, like there are certain matchups like against the Nuggets. Chris Paul is not going to be able to guard this version of Jamal Murray right no now. Way. He can't. He can't no. do it. But they it's also not like you can pass it off to Devin him. Booker either. Yeah, like you can't hide them in that right. matchup. There's nowhere to hide. So that's that's really what my concern is, is that like you don't have somebody that's so good to elevate the defense because you don't have bridges anymore. Like even Cam Johnson's not like, he's not a great defender, but he's another body. He's like a real NBA player that can play minutes in like a lot of matchups. Yeah. And like, you don't have that now. So you can't, you can't do the same thing schematically that you could do before. And I think what you were bringing up before about Curry too, it's like when Durant played with the Warriors, it was, it almost was like a perfect fit because he was the guy. It's like, yo, we need a bucket like right now. And like, you're just giving the ball to Durant because like he can just go get you a bucket on any given possession from anywhere on the floor. And it's just like, just ISO, leave him alone. The Suns had that in Booker and granted like the size thing, like Durant's a little bit bigger. So obviously Durant's, Durant's a little bit better at that, but like you already kind of had that guy where it's like, yo, like we need a bucket right now. Give the ball to Devin Booker. Um, 
So that's where I'm like yeah. interested in this because Durant on the Warriors, he was like a mid-range guy when like on a team that didn't play from the mid-range. Like you didn't have a guy. Right. So it's almost like he well, gave them better spacing in a way because it was like, well, you can't just park your ass around the three-point line because like they're not going to shoot from the elbow. It was like, yeah. no, like you had to defend that. Now it's like, well, like we're just going to not cover the three-point line. Like unless yeah, Buffalo's going to start shooting more threes. I don't Yeah, really I mean the the for the Warriors, like this is going to sound crazy and, and like slanderous, but like Kevin Durant kind of became Harrison Barnes at times in the offense of just That's like, hilarious. hey, on this play, you need to go out here and then like shoot if you're open, but you won't be because you're Durant, but that helps to space and floor offense. Like Yeah. Then other times he became Kevin Durant again and just like when he got a bucket if Steph was out or if it was late in the game, and that was the thing that they needed, like the same way that Giannis needs Middleton. Like Giannis is good at a whole lot of stuff, but you don't want him just being the offense at the end. You need mid to be able to get that shot up. So like Durant was that for the Warriors, but there are other times that he was a little more Harrison Barnes and just kind of like be in the flow. We already got Draymond as the engine. We got Steph doing Steph things. Just catch and shoot if you're open, which you are because you're seven feet tall. Yeah, And like, and he obviously was way, way better than Harrison Barnes. But yeah, I, I I don't know about the fit. Just, I mean, it's not a bad fit. I just don't know if it's a great fit. And basically, I look at it this way. Last year's team, we saw flawed in certain ways. And I'm not saying that that's why they got knocked out. They probably had COVID and whatever else there. But basically, I look at last year's team that had Jay Crowder playing. This year didn't even have that. But you basically just take Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson and Jay Crowder. Take those three out and replace them with Kevin Durant. And then I think probably you say Torrey Craig and Damian Lee. Like that's yeah. the three for three swap that you're making. And very clearly, Durant is number one on the list by far. He's the one that right. you want. But just as clearly, the next three choices are the three guys the Suns just gave away. And then there's a giant drop off. Yeah. Now you're like, shoot, we got to play Torrey Craig this and Damian Lee like 30 minutes a game, both of them in the playoffs. Yeah. And they, yeah, they remind me of the Clippers, but like with yeah. less depth and like, obviously like you can, you can, you can put them in any order, like the four of Paul George, Kawhi, Durant and Booker. I think Durant's obviously at the top, but like you can put those other three like they're not that much. I, I don't have them that differently, except that both Paul George and Kawhi play great defense. So yeah, like it, like to me, what the Suns did is like they almost made themselves the Clippers without three point shooting. But I think like you might have like top, higher tier talent like throughout mm. like the starting lineup, um, like as like a starting five anyway. But like the yeah, I think the Clippers have more depth. Yeah, well, and the Clippers have all those wings and like all the roster versatility too. But yeah. I think the thing that to me, the comparison that fits the Clippers is the injury question mark, because yeah. on top of all the other stuff, we got to get 10 weeks of playoffs out of 34 year old Kevin Durant, who has not shown that he can do that. I want him to. I want these guys out there, but he hasn't. Chris Paul, age 38, who like just might be shot and can't possibly have a high level 10 week stretch basically has never done that other than like once or twice his whole career in the NBA yeah. in the playoffs. Booker starting to have some of those recurring like hamstring and muscle stuff. Even if that's not a career long thing, it usually is a season long thing. Muscles don't just heal on their own while you're still playing games. And like, that's the, to me, the why I even question the trade as a whole because of what they gave up for them. You basically, because of the ages here, Durant age 34, but a, a frail body that's probably not going to continue to age well and hasn't already. Yeah. I think he's played like 130 games in four years right now. And then Chris Paul, who is at the end, some version of yeah, it. It's close, yeah. Like you just bought yourself a two or maybe one year window. That's it. And you bought the window, by the way, when Giannis and the Bucks are still really good and at their peak. And Jokic is at his peak. And the Celtics look awesome. And LeBron is still doing LeBron things and maybe a threat out there if they get healthy. And like the I already didn't like the where the Clippers were. Like on, you know, I do like the big team analysis, whatever. Yes. Yeah. And there are a few teams where I'm like, man, 
your roster is all in on a two-year window, and this was not the two years you should have chose because there's a bunch of other teams. The, the Nets were that, and it didn't work, so they blew it up. And which I, think I feel was like the Suns at the end of the day, it was. Like, it it yeah. was. <laughs> I mean, it was because of Kyrie that they did it. Yeah, but I think that they're going to be in a much better spot now. The Suns, it almost feels like this year, right now, is Tyler Bost because yeah. I don't know how it gets any better from here. Chris Paul can only get worse or way worse or off the roster, and they don't have a salary slot to replace him, really. They don't have any money. These four dudes, that's the entire team now, are going to make like $150 million the next few years. Yeah. And it, Durant it, and CP only get more old and injury-prone going forward. It's like, this is it. This is the year now. Yeah, this feels like the year where the Lakers went and they got like Steve Nash, Dwight Howard. <laughs> like That's like almost what it feels like. Granted, like, a little bit different, but like it feels like that where it's like you got like a lot of these like aging stars and you put them together, you're like, this team's gonna be fucking awesome. And then it's like, oh, they gotta mesh, so, like <laughs> they have to figure this out. And then like every people got hurt, like people were tired, like whatever. There were locker room issues. So I don't know if you'll have the locker room issues here. Like, I don't think that that's really yeah. I don't I don't think that that's necessarily gonna be the case. But I do think that it's created, like you said, like a very, very tight window. And especially at the number, I think that they're unbeatable at uh, like plus 400. I think that that's insane for uh, to put a yeah. team with so many clear flaws. Um, that That's really what my concern is with them. Um, yeah, I agree. I think you definitely can't bet the number right now because if nothing else, there's going to be a better number available because that that's being priced like, oh, the Suns are going to be the one seed now. The Suns are not going to be the one seed. They no. are not. No. Like unless Nikola Jokic gets like goes into witness protection, the Nuggets are that they're like eight or nine games ahead. Like it's not happening. We're much the the All Star break is not the halfway point of the season. Like we're in our fifties now at eighty two games. We're not getting there with the Suns. They might not yeah. be the two seed. They might have to have multiple road, road. series yeah. uh, to get to the to just to get to the finals where they'll be on the road again for that series. Yeah. So and, and realistically, can't bet it right now. Yeah, and realistically, like their first round matchup is not necessarily going to be easy. Like there's no guarantee that they pass like even the Kings, right? So like the King because the Kings are sitting in that three spot. They have a three game lead in the loss column on the suns and like there's no guarantee and then like honestly whoever you come out of this playing the west is so tight like you could have a first round matchup with the warriors which is yeah. would honestly be like a nightmare scenario i think for this sun great for ratings staff versus Durant, fun ratings <laughs> great for ratings but like i think it would be terrible for the suns team because the warriors do the one thing that the suns don't do and that's just rain threes. So yeah. I think it's creating co quite the issues. But the team that I wanted to talk about a bit was I. Th I, well, I want to do one more thing on the sure. Suns here. Tell me about. It. <laughs> let, let me let me devil's advocate to both of us because if okay. the, your your listeners at home, some of them are like you guys are smoking crack right now. They just got <laughs> Kevin Durant, and Kevin Durant is awesome, and the Suns are gonna be really good. So just devil's advocate, not to right now, but to the big picture thing, to kind of my point of like, well you are in for one year right now. If we're wrong about Kevin Durant, like in theory, if Durant is healthy enough to play, his game should age very gracefully. He yeah. shoots amazing. That's not going to go anywhere. He's tall. So even as the athleticism wanes, that kind of offsets tall, it a little yeah. bit. In theory, Kevin Durant, age 34, maybe has like six or seven good years left the way the NBA players age now. Yeah. If you look at the roster, Devin Booker, 26, basically entering prime right now. So you got like a four-year, four to six-year Devin Booker prime window. Maybe the hope is Chris Paul, basically, you got a year or two left. The rest of the roster, a year or two left, if anything. Aiton, I don't think, is really meant to stick around in this team. They didn't want him anyways, so I assume maybe he gets traded at some point. So basically... The bet is maybe not right now on one year window. Maybe the bet is, hey, you know what? We believe we got Kevin Durant for another six or seven years right now. Let's take Devin and KD and we'll figure the rest out later. We got our two absolute superstars. Booker is going to be our number two guy. Durant's going to go get it and we'll figure the rest out around it. And maybe 
if they actually are good enough to stay healthy three, four, five years from now, this is a team that does stay at the top and those draft picks aren't really that valuable. And we'll look back and be like, yeah, I mean, what were we thinking? It's Kevin Durant. Of course you can go get him and figure it out later. Yeah. And, and I think that that's fair. Uh, it, it's definitely going to be something that's interesting to monitor and, you know, we'll, we'll just have to kind of see how it goes, but I do think that they're going to have a tougher time. Like if those guys basically have to be so good, because they're not, they don't have a lot left to upgrade the roster at this point in time. So it's like they they have to be right. If they're right, like it, you can look at it and be like, yeah, like it makes sense. Like they should be right. Like if you're getting Kevin Durant, you're pairing him with Booker, Chris Paul, and Aiton. Seems going to be good. But if they're wrong, the downside's significant, especially when you're shipping off like all those draft picks and young star, like yeah. young players like Bridges, who you really did hit like a home run with, especially at that part of the draft. Um, and you ship them off to Brooklyn. So Brooklyn's going to be, I think, really interesting. I think they're good because they're firmly in the playoff seeding right now in the East. Like they're the five seed. They have a four game lead in the loss column on the Knicks who are in the seventh seed. So it's possible that Brooklyn isn't even, doesn't even fall to the play in. I think that they're, they have like enough talent because for the exact opposite reason as the Suns, Top to bottom, they have NBA caliber players on that team. So I'm curious to see how this kind of works for them. Uh, but one of the spots that I do like is I do like Bridges for the like his outlook really for the rest of the season, especially scoring. Um, the usage that he's shown over the past, like really in his debut with Brooklyn was at about 25%, 26%. Mm. Even without Booker on the Suns, he was only at like 21%. And with Booker, he was at 18%. So I think that we're getting a little bit of a window here to buy in on Bridges as a scorer. Um, but I am I am curious. Like They're going to have to do something like that Nets team. They're going to have to move some pieces around. They got the rotations just too lengthy. Um, do you think they can stick around in a playoff picture? Like I don't think they'll fall out of the play-in just because of the lead that they have. But do you think they're going to be feisty? Yeah, I think they are. I think they're a fun team. Like even I watched that first game when they had all the new Suns guys and I was like, hey, the Sun, the, the, the Nets are fun to watch again. Like yeah. I actually care about and, and want to watch this team for the first time in a few years. I wonder why that is by <laughs> Kyrie and Harden. Like yeah. we actually found a fun team. It's, in a way, this is the team – like, I don't know if Ben Simmons is still in there or ever going to come back to Ben Simmons again. This is the Ben Simmons team that you would have yeah. built. Ben plus just like a glut of wings and shooters and yep. switchable dudes. This is a fun team. Like, there, there are in a weird way, if nothing else, this team will be relevant because they have like seven guys on the roster that every other playoff team would kill to have one of on their yep. team. Yeah, like it's not just the Suns that needed that the Cavs could desperately use someone here. The Sixers could use somebody. So I think that's interesting. I think the Nets, like I'm looking at the standings, the Nets aren't beating the Celtics or the Bucks. Like if they no. fall down and end up in, against one of those, like it's not going to happen. They could be feisty, but they're going to beat them in a series. I don't think I'd rule the Nets out against anyone else. Like, no, I think against the Sixers, obviously you just have this weird, huge mismatch where like, the Nets don't really have an answer for Joel Embiid. Is as awesome as Nick Claxton has been, like that's not the matchup for him. No. And so you have that. But on the other hand, like they would eat James Harden alive in that series. He would be yeah. so bad. And the Sixers don't really have guys to match up. Yeah. The Cavs, I, they could put all those wings on Garland and, and Mitchell. And I think the Cavs would struggle to score in that one. I think I'd probably pick the Nets straight up against the Heat or against. Me too. The, the Knicks or Hawks or whoever is down the list from there. So I, I think it's a fun team. Let, let me give you another scenario here. Sure. Let's say the Nets. So right now they are two and a half games back in the four seed. They're the five seed right now. Yeah. Let's say whatever reason, the Sixers or Cavs, one of them picks up an injury or something, drops a little bit in the standings. The Nets are fun. The Nets look good. They push hard. They're playing cohesively. The defense is good. Jock Vaughn is getting some coach of the year buzz. They end up as like a four seed or even in the three seed range at the end of the season. Meanwhile, the Suns, they did their push, but they're kind of like waiting for the playoffs. They also finished the three of the four seed. Mikhail Bridges is like putting up numbers, putting up scoring. He's scoring like 23, 25 a night. He's efficient. 
He's playing an all-defense level. The most improved player race is kind of weirdly open right now. In that scenario, Mikhail Bridges, the centerpiece on the other side from the Kevin Durant trade, possible star, possible all-star, third or fourth seed Brooklyn Nets. Could Mikhail Bridges come from like off the board and grab our attention there? I, I mean, I think it's totally possible, um, especially because you knew that what he was doing with the Suns when they didn't have players. Then you see what he, he's continuing to do it with Brooklyn. And if, like you said, if Brooklyn remains feisty, it's kind of one of those like, oh, um, you know, and like, I, I think I saw, I saw some tweets and it was like, you know, people were saying like, if you get traded for a guy like Kevin Durant, obviously like that's, that's awesome. Like whatever. Um, like it's great to be like in that conversation. Right. But then it's like, if you look back that Oklahoma city thunder trade with the Clippers, like with the Paul George trade and it's like, oh, well, like turns out that like SGA was the guy in the trade. Like, are we going to look at this in a couple of years and be like, oh, like Bridges was like the guy in the trade. Like, I think that's a little bit disrespectful to Kevin Durant, just like where he is. But like if Durant gets injured a lot or gets hurt a lot, you could see that kind of scenario playing out. So I, I think it could be interesting. I wonder if we can get a number on that. Uh, it, it's definitely, I, I don't hate the look, especially as like a long shot. It, I think it would be better if we had more cash out opportunities. Uh, yeah, that's true. In the market. Um, is there a team right now in the or in either conference that you're looking at and you're saying like i think i'd like to buy them right now at least at the current number yeah Uh, i'll give you one in each so the first one is not really that shocking or exciting but i think the bucks are the trade deadline winner because i think jay crowder was the most important pickup that anyone got at the deadline so jay crowder i mean he's going to be in the closing lineup for them He's playoff tested, he defends, he shoots a little more than you'd like him to at times. But I think even that, like, there are the bad Jay Crowder games, and they actually they actually uh, have, you know, Pat Connaughton, Joe Ingles, whoever, like, they have other dudes to be like, hey, you know what, Jay, tonight's not your night. Thanks for coming out. Take a seat on the bench. <laughs> You're a little cold tonight. You're one of nine on three. Sit down. We have other guys. Like, it's important to have that too. But Holiday, Crowder, and uh, Middleton, Giannis, and then one of Rook, if you want a big, or one of Ingles or Pat, like that's a nasty lineup. That is yeah. a that's a championship lineup. I think to me the Bucks are number one with the bullet right now. So I'm looking to buy them. I bet, and I said this on the Buckets podcast, Bucks over Nuggets. I think that's. I think that's I would matter. bet the Nuggets to make the finals, but not to win. I don't think I love them against Boston or Milwaukee. I think Milwaukee. I think, I think it's a two-team race in the East. And Milwaukee nearly beat Boston last year without Chris Middleton. They took him to seven games. So yeah. not really a shocking pick there, but I'm looking for a spot now to buy Milwaukee. The other one is not all the same. I'm not saying I'm going to go buy this team right now, but this is the thing that caught my eye just before we started recording here. So officially, the Warriors did get Gary Payton back now. They yeah. decided to go ahead and go through with that. I think the most likely outcome, I hate it, but I think Steph probably just doesn't get healthy enough and the Warriors never are really quite there. The defense doesn't come around, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm kind of intrigued because Looney's been coming off the bench every now and then. They start coming a little bit. And Gary Payton, they started kind of using him as like a, a fake big man last year. It was weird. Yeah, it was a little It was bizarre. weird. But yeah. what if this trade, like they got rid of James Wiseman. They don't really have any centers except for Looney now. What if this trade is a signal that they're like, you know what? This hasn't worked for us. We're going small. We're going to start Jonathan Kuminga at center. And we're having Gary Payton Jr. come off the bench as our backup center. Those yeah. are our big men now. We're switching everything. We're going to like, good luck guarding our, our pick and rolls. We're going to have Kaminga and Peyton just be like, like roll to the rim guys and not shooters. They're going to set screens. They kind of were using Peyton that way last year and just be like, we're just going to shoot a thousand threes every game and switch everything and play small and against the wrong team. Yeah. Okay. MB is going to score a hundred yeah. points on us, but I'm kind of intrigued by just the possibility of it. Do you think there's any chance that's what the Peyton thing is about here? I think it's possible because I think the Warriors GM today or yesterday made a comment. He was like, well, like there's these guys are seven feet tall, eight feet tall. 
you know, in the buyout market, doesn't mean we're going to use them. Like, doesn't mean we're going to sign them because it doesn't mean we're going to use them. So I think that your inclination like might be right. And that's probably something that they can do relatively seamlessly, even though it looks like Peyton's going to miss another month uh, with whatever his injury is. But like, because he played with them last year, it's a little bit easier to, to do something like that. It's not like just getting anybody in the buy or in the trade market. So I think that's definitely interesting. Um, I, I think that they should stick around, you know, and like, they'll be in a play in, they're going to be a tough out, like no matter who they play, but I think it's going to be a little, we really got to see when exactly Curry comes back. Yeah. And I think that's really the big question there. I know like for me, I agree with you on the bucks in the East. Uh, I do think that the Sixers are good. I think that it's going to depend on what the matchups kind of wind up being because, I, that's I think going to be the tough part because whoever doesn't have to play Philly out of Boston and Milwaukee in probably the second round is going to be I think fortunate just because you know that's going to be like a war like whoever like because that's going to be yeah. that's like a potential conference finals matchup I don't think Philly is going to pass either team so I think Philly's probably stuck at three so I think that makes it a little bit easier math wise to look and be like oh this 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 might be a little bit tough. In the West, though, I do think that, and like I gave it out, like I wrote it up. I do think the Lakers should make. I, I bet on them to make the playoffs at plus two hundred. I think what they did was yeah. they made this team. You actually have like real NBA players on the team, um, and I think that the trade that they made actually number one, they only gave it the one first round pick, but to get so many players, like they needed more than Kyrie Irving. Like, I think this trade is actually better than a Kyrie Irving trade for them because they just didn't have anyone besides LeBron and AD. And that was just, that was what they were running out there with. And they were running out, it was like, you know, no disrespect to these guys. Like they could cook anybody in like a, you know, like in a different league, but in the NBA, like they're getting roasted there. So I think that they should improve. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be looking for spots to back them I think for the rest of the season, especially even when LeBron's out, because that typically would move the spread about like five points and, or, or, you know, maybe even four at this point of his career. But I think that with these other guys that they put on there, you're getting less like really bad minutes. And I think you're getting like a little bit more quality minutes with guys that can even compliment Anthony Davis. And like you put shooters around LeBron. That is the thing of the pension of all good LeBron teams is, <laughs> having multiple three-point shooters and they didn't have that at all before so i'm curious to see what they do i think i would be surprised if they can't get into the play-in especially with what with it looks like zion's gonna be missing at least another month um i think they they should get in there with the jazz kind of looking like they're tanking the thunder i wouldn't be surprised if they just pull the plug at some point and like they made some moves towards the tank but uh that's kind of what that's kind of what i think you know with the lakers yeah, I, I mean, I'm with you. Like, I, I hate to see it because I'm not the LeBron stand. Some of us on the podcast are. Yeah. But, like, the three guys they got are guys that are extremely limited players that have a very, like, I do this, but don't do that skill sets. But they are the exact, exact sort of guys we've seen thrive with LeBron over the years. D'Lo and Beasley are the exact guys that LeBron loves to play with, just like a just – be a secondary ball handler and take the shot. Yep. Get the shot up when I hit you. And Delo's shooting great this year. Beasley is always a good shooter. And then Jared Vanderbilt, I think, is exactly what this team needed. He, to me, is like Tristan Thompson for this team. Just destroying the boards. The Lakers have been very bad offensive rebounding team. They're bottom five and threes. They got the guys for that. Vando, I think, can help play the defense. I think he can play center and let Anthony Davis not take those hits that he doesn't want to yep. take and not play center all the time. I, I just, I, I hate to do it because I know like I'm a meme of myself. Like, oh, well, maybe the Lakers again. But <laughs> as good as Anthony Davis looked and as good as LeBron still is, and now these pieces around it, like they added four actual NBA players to their top eight rotation, replacing guys that weren't actual NBA players, basically. Like that's what yeah. happened. Half of the rotation are real players now. So I, for me, the only thing I would say, I don't think I would look to play them night to night, partly because I, you know, I'm tired of night to night and I need an NFL break, (laughs) but I think you have to play a little future here while the number is still long, just as a flyer, because if, if, if LeBron and Anthony Davis are healthy, they're the best duo in the league. 
And if these other guys fit around it, I don't know that there are more than like two or three teams in the entire NBA where I'm really confident they beat that yeah. version of the Lakers in the playoff series. Yeah, like the only team in the West that I would be like very, very concerned about them playing in the first round would probably be like the Nuggets. I'd be like, oh, they're this is this is gonna be bad, you know. But then but, but even seen, then, David Anthony Davis has really owned Jokic at times. Exactly. So it's 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 very interesting. Yeah. And I think you're right. Like it's definitely worth it, it's worth a little flyer at, at least on a minute, nibble, but it's worth a nibble. But uh, we're running out of time here. So Brandon, it was a pleasure having you on. Uh, you know, we're gonna get into the All Star break soon, but uh, I'm sure you'll have plenty of props and things out there for us too. <laughs> yeah, keep an eye on the Action Network app. We'll, we'll have lots of picks in there. Joe and I will get some good escalators going. I was fun coming on time basketball with you, Joe. All right, thanks, Brandon. And you can find Brandon at Wheaton Brando on Twitter. And uh, same thing in the in the action app. So make sure you subscribe, get in there, and let's cash that. Somebody once told me the world is gonna roll me. I ain't the sharpest tool in the shed. She was looking kind of dumb with her finger and her thumb in the shape of an L on her forehead. Well, the years start coming and they don't stop coming. To the rules and I hit the ground running Didn't make sense not to live for fun Your brain gets smart but your head gets dumb So much to do, so much to see So what's wrong with taking the back streets? You'll never know if you don't go You'll never shine if you don't glow Hey now, you're an all-star Get your game on, go play Hey now, you're a rock star Get the show on, get paid Show on.